when when we perceive that somebody is choosing this lifestyle, that's usually where our understanding and compassion ends. Mm-hmm. We say, well, okay, you've chosen that, then, you know, uh, good luck to you. And I don't know why you'd ever choose that, but yeah, you know, bye. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. Kind of hurts to hear, but yeah. People of Christ in the sea, people of every, everywhere around the world, this is David Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Dr. Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. Let's talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is, home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human. I am Blake with Shayla here. Hey everyone, how's it going? And today we are going to dive into a question that we get all the time from volunteers, missionaries when they come up, even myself when I first showed up at Christ in the City. One of the most basic questions of why don't the homeless just get a job to get off the streets? And to help us answer that question today, we have Sam Schultz, who is actually our director of homeless outreach with Christ in the City. So Sam, tell us a little bit about your job. What do you do and how do you see the, the front lines of the homeless to answer this question? Yeah, thank you. I've been working with Christ in the City for about two and a half years now, and I'm involved in all things that has to do with homeless outreach here at CIC. So I'm overseeing lunch in the park. I'm walking with the missionaries on their street routes, checking in with them. And those street routes are those daily daily walks by our missionaries right, right. to the poor. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So I get to hear a lot of stories of, of the homeless and sort of work through the difficulties of forming friendships with these good people. Mm-hmm. Your role's so unique because you get Sam gets to hear all the teams come to him and tell them about what they're experiencing as Sam navigates them like from more of an objective view. Someone who's, Sam is not on the streets every day with the missionaries and he gets to be just the one they all come back to, right? He's seeing the streets and yeah, wow. As you say that, I'm like, you have such a unique view of homelessness compared to even Shayla and I or or even the missionaries. Yeah, like he gets to come to know the the missionaries teams the people that they're meeting but then gets this overarching view of like what's going down on the streets in denver like what are the different things that are are moving on the streets what are the different themes that we're seeing throughout the year and it changes year after year and sam how many years have you been here now uh, two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. So Sam is definitely the expert. We were the he's the one that we go to with with our questions if we're having situations out on the streets. Sam is the one that can help us come to a solution and and move forward from that. So I'm really excited to answer this question today because this is one I even had coming to Christ in the city. I mean, I think a lot of people when they're first encountering the homeless or um, really diving deep into that question of why don't the homeless just get a job? Like, isn't it that simple? I, I have a job. That's how I have a house. That's how I live normally. That's how I, you know, pay for groceries and everything. It's because I have a job. Like, where where's the motivation? Isn't it just as simple as getting a job? I think it would even be good to start off, like, practically. What are the practical, Sam? And then maybe we can go in to deeper about, like, the relational side. Yeah. I mean, again, so we're going to try to get into the mind of somebody who is, in the mind and experience of somebody who is homeless. Um 
if this is the case, you, you know, you don't, you've just lost your home base, um, for everything that you do, the place that you sleep, the place that you, you know, get work done and you're staying at an overnight shelter. And this is a place that houses anywhere between, you know, a hundred and 200 people. And most likely it's infested with bed bugs. Mm. <laughs> so you, you have this kind of stressor every time that you go to sleep and you're with all kinds of people in in these rooms so drug dealers mm-hmm. addicts the mentally ill murderers thieves like people who have just gotten out of out of prison and and this is where you're supposed to be living mm-hmm. and so just imagine for a second trying to apply yourself to some new profession living in a space like that where you're probably not sleeping well yeah right. that's right. what i just heard i'm not sleeping well there yeah that's absolutely. that's a very good point <laughs> You have no centralized place to eat, um, to bathe, or to do laundry. These these resources are all over the city. And so you might have some extra clothes, but you need to wash them on the other side of town. You might know where to get food, but it, it's not necessarily where you're staying. So your your life is sort of always on the move and always kind of, I don't know, getting from one moment to the next rather mm-hmm. than focusing on what you need to do more so in the future, um, you know, most of us listening, we're, we're living in this striving mentality. We're just striving towards the next thing. And that's a great place to be. We're, we're applying ourselves, we're enjoying life, and we're thinking ahead. But most of the homeless, they're in a survival, not striving, but surviving mm. mentality. And how do I get from, um, I don't know, hour to hour, more so than, than planning for the future. Yeah, that's a big difference. Right. Another thing I want to point out is one of the most basic needs in today's society is transportation. We need, we need transportation to get our groceries, to go visit friends, to go to work. And if you don't have a car, you're kind of in trouble. You can use public transportation, but everything takes a lot more effort in that in that way. So just a basic thing like that is is sort of a big deal. I mean, we we don't think about this cuz it's basic level for most of us, but what have you seen happens to to our homeless friends when they go to try to apply for a job? Like what kind of things do they need? What kind of things do they not have being mm-hmm. in such a transient lifestyle? Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, we rely on our cell phones for everything, right? Directions, information on the last minute, schedule changes, etc. You need a cell phone. And a lot of people will go into homelessness with, with a cell phone, but getting your things stolen is inevitable. It happens mm-hmm. to every single person that we know who has been homeless. And so, and you have your whole life in, mm-hmm. in your back, basically. So when it comes to applying for a job, what do you need? Well, some sort of, identification, Mm -hmm. driver's license, social security card, any past history of of employment. If that is just stolen in an instant, you have a lot of work to do before you can even begin the application process. Mm -hmm. Um, How long does it take to get a driver's license back? Right now, it's around eight weeks. Yeah. The past couple of years with COVID and shortages and employees has like really pushed this process wow. out. Mm-hmm. And once again, when one of us loses our ID, we often go back to these um, other documents to speed up the process. Hey, I have mm-hmm. a birth certificate. Hey, I have a social security card. But if that 
was also in your backpack. Yeah. I mean, you are in a bad situation. So there, there you are eight weeks into homelessness and you're still, still don't have a job. Yeah. You're just waiting on identification. Yep. Wow. I, I remember a friend I had who he was just, so he just got his ID and he was just about to get a job or go start, sorry, apply for a job that they said, once you get your ID and address, which of course an address, I'll get into that in a second. What's yeah. your address? But it's like, he had just gotten his ID after eight weeks, was ready to go and show it to this job and it got stolen. No. It was, that guy was so deflated. I mean, he had so much hope. He was so excited to get that ID and just deflated, yep. right? And then what, what did the homeless do in regards to an address? I mean, that's a basic thing to get paid, right? Right, yeah. We rely on our addresses to get you know our W-2s, our paychecks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one resource that is available to them is you know a place like St. Francis Center here in Denver. They will actually give the homeless a mailbox, and they can have those documents sent oh, nice. uh, to St. Francis. But let me just remind you that that's one more step in just basic, um, yeah, basic everyday needs that that adds time. So you have to go over to another facility just to mm-hmm. check your mail. And who who has that kind of time when they're trying to keep a job? Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah. So you're saying it's not, and this is so, I mean, we do have a lot of friends who do get jobs and get off the streets, but so it's not impossible. Sam, you're not saying it's impossible. You're just really showing us like, my goodness, it is not easy. It's not when you are not stable and we'll just even go an address in a regular cell phone that is not going to get stolen. Right. Right. We're talking basic jobs. Yeah. Where you just need to have a paycheck sent or you just need to fill out your, you know, your W-9s so you can get W-2. It's like, that's a lot to do when you're so unstable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even thinking about all of that, it's, um, those are just like a lot of the practicals, right, of why it can be difficult. Um, And things that we don't think about, we think it can be pretty simple, but it's really not that simple of a process. Um, It's actually pretty complex. But then there are other people who just simply don't have that motivation, um, that simply are choosing to be homeless um, and that are choosing to stay out on the streets um, and aren't pursuing a job. So I think that's a lot of times what maybe people think like, well, those people, they just they just don't want it. Like they're just choosing that. Um, And that's that can be true for some people. Some people do choose that. Um, But there are so many underlying factors of why why someone might choose that. So Sam, if you can walk us into like why um, somebody might not be motivated to pursue the resources available to them. Yeah. And, and so now we're sort of stepping out of this practical realm and sort of more into the human spirit, the emotions, the psyche, and, and maybe taking a, a look at our Catholic faith a little bit deeper. It is true that many people in some ways, this is their lifestyle. They're, choosing this lifestyle or at least not motivated enough to pursue the resources that are available to them mm. um, to get off the street. And, yeah. and this can be very perplexing to us and, and frankly kind of frustrating um, right. to, to see. And so I want to speak into that experience of our listeners who, who might've, you know, felt those things before when, and our missionaries feel that too, oh, right. definitely. you know, friends we love who just don't seem motivated. Like, 
let me take you to the river and you're not drinking. You know, it's yeah. like that. It's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's easy to, to drive up to a street corner and see somebody who, who is really struggling, who you can just see it in their eyes is trying their best. And, you know, we might, we might give something to them. We might uh, wave to them or say hi, but when, when we perceive that somebody is choosing this lifestyle, that's usually where our understanding and compassion ends. Mm-hmm. We say, well, okay, you've chosen that, then, you know, uh, good luck to you. And I don't know why you'd ever choose that, but yeah, you know, bye. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. Kind of hurts to hear, but yeah. Right, right. Now, I, I guess what I would invite us to ask a deeper question is, if they are choosing it, what would make somebody choose a lifestyle like this? Why would mm. why would anybody in their right mind choose to live this way? I mean, and Sam can speak to this more than I can, but many of the homeless I've encountered, you know, that when you don't think you're worth it, when you don't, when you've maybe messed up or broken a relationship, you have to first think you're worth a job. Mm. You need to first think that you are worth someone investing in. You are worth people forgiving. Mm. And I think one of the saddest things to come across on the streets, yes, there's so many sad things, but one of the saddest is truly these people who don't believe they're worth any of it. Mm. Like they don't need to get a job because they're not worth it. This Mm. is the life that they are destined to. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've, we've talked about at Christ in the city a little bit that there are a lot of different factors why people become homeless. Um, and there are a lot of different contributing things, but at the root of it, there is always some sort of brokenness and especially some sort of broken relationship. Yeah. I think the thing to recognize is becoming homeless is sort of a, a process and kind of a spiral, a spiral downward. And there can be so many reasons why a wide variety but usually it's compounding reasons right there's a number of factors involved and they all sort of perfectly align so that this person finds themselves in in dire straits and they're alone one of our good friends who has recently got into housing his name is chuck and he he told macy one of our other staff mm-hmm. and when she was a missionary that he didn't he didn't think he was, he deserved housing. He didn't think that he deserved housing. So he's been living on the streets for 50 years mm. under this bridge for the most part in Denver. And of course, Macy wasn't having any of that. And <laughs> yeah, over over the course of their friendship, he began to see sort of the value that was within him and so a deeper sense of belonging and connection with the missionaries. And so that gave him more insight into himself and said, you know what, I, I think I should pursue this. I think I am worthy of this. So, and he did get inside and Man. he's got a nice place. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Not thinking you are worthy of a roof over your head? No. I mean, what, that, what, where, where would your heart be? It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It really is. It's with, with the homeless and with our friends, especially that we get to meet and know it's heartbreaking to see that they don't love themselves or that they're maybe trying to work back to that, but they just don't see how that's possible right now. And I, I, that's just where our ministry is huge. Like it's just, it has to happen because people, if they don't have a sense of dignity, if they don't have a sense of like self worth, where are they, how are they ever going to have motivation to get a job? How are they ever going to have motivation to be inside? Yep. Yep. This is where, as as Catholics, as as those who walk with Christ, who bring Christ with them, like, does our love end when 
we get annoyed with others or we don't agree with their decisions? Is that where Ooh. we is that where we end our love for others? What if what if this person in front of me never really learned how to take care of themselves or others? They grew up in an environment that just wasn't conducive to that. Maybe we're we're able to see them with a little bit more compassion and understanding and certainly not accept their position on the streets as as fine and good, but that might motivate us all the more to befriend them and walk with them mm. um, towards something that's more conducive to their dignity. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. And it all just starts with, with the conversation, with the friendship. Yeah. So again, not only is it difficult to get a job, but if you don't even believe that you're worthy of a better life mm. than sleeping under a bridge, what there's no motivation. And Sam, what, Last question for you is, is how do you see our missionaries when, when we go to the streets, when our volunteers go to the streets, when the CIC family nationwide goes to the streets, how do we approach this? How do we help people get a job on the streets? What does that process look like? Yep. Well, I'm going to start by kind of reiterating our mission, and that is to to build friendship with those who have no friendship. And that will be the place of motivation. That will be the place where people will be motivated to take agency over their life and, and get a job themselves. And so we're not caseworkers. I mean, if, if we were caseworkers, we're doing a really bad job. We don't know, we don't know all the resources, but the ability and power to motivate somebody is something that is hard to come by and is frankly, um, very powerful and like yeah very yeah very very powerful. and time consuming <laughs> yeah 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 it doesn't it doesn't just come over a conversation it mm-hmm. comes over a relationship that's built over time and from that place of relationship that itself is sort of a moving force for somebody to to look take a good look at their life and pursue what's good for them mm-hmm. so we accompany our friends towards the resources to be able to get inside to get a job mm-hmm. and things like that. So we walk with them, but ultimately it, it has to be their decision. It yeah. has to be their decision. We can't fix their problems for them. Even if we have a solution, it's that's not going to last. They they need to be the ones to decide for themselves that, hey, I want something better and I'm willing to put in the work um, and the effort and the time to make that happen. And yeah. I have friends with me that will walk with me and cheer me on. And that's kind of where we come in. Mm -hmm. And help you to the places you need to go, right? Mm -hmm. Help you get to the DMV, maybe help you start that process, maybe help you get a case manager if you don't have one. But yeah, really just being like that, the cheerleader almost, and like the the presence that's going to help walk with them the whole way. I mean, there's a reason the chronically homeless who we work with are dubbed the service resistant, Mm -hmm. right? As Sam just said, it's like, we can motivate, but we can't make them choose it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's right. where the patience comes in. Mm-hmm. And if we're to show up and we are only going to help this person if we see progress, my goodness, that's that's not a free gift. Mm-hmm. That's not mercy and love. Like there's a point of responsibility where we must, you know, ask for responsibility. Not saying we don't push them like mm-hmm. we do with many of our friends, but if they're not, if our friends aren't at the point of taking that, Right. That, that doesn't do them any good. And that's, we do work, like Sam said, we don't, we don't have many resources. We don't know absolutely every single resource there 
we're kind of that middleman. And when we do work with the caseworkers, the social workers, they love it because we can be that presence mm-hmm. to drive them for an ID, mm-hmm. right? To drive our friends to go to that job interview. How many job interviews have we done? How many, you yeah. know, references have we done? It, it's truly like those little pieces mm-hmm. that Sam spoke about earlier those are the real difficult things. Mm-hmm. The transportation, the ID, the getting things stolen, and just playing a little part in that when they're ready. Well, Sam, thank you so much. Yes, Such thanks, wisdom. Sam. And again, we just appreciate the work Sam does for Christ in the City. Just truly accompanying, guiding the missionaries through these really difficult moments on the streets, these relationships that are worth investing in. And it takes someone like Sam, level-headed, calm in these situations. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. And yeah, we really appreciate all the things that you shared with us and the wisdom and a lot to reflect on. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for um, tuning in this week. Um, we are very happy and blessed to have Sam on today. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to be sharing about one of our friends, Jessica, um, who the Christ and City missionaries were actually able to walk with her in the process out of homelessness and applying for a job and walking through that whole process. So we are excited to see you all in a couple weeks. God bless. Mother Teresa, one of our patrons, would say, if I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians and small groups across the country doing Christ in the City-style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms. And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. Again, check us out more at ChristInTheCity.org. God bless you.